The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guest and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody, on this wonderful Thursday, a Thursday after the President Clinton brought home our two journalists in North Korea. And today we're going to be talking about collaborative law, or I should say the law collaborative, with Ron Saponsik, who's a practicing family attorney. Welcome, Ron. Good morning, Cindy. How are you? I'm great. Um, I wanted to start off this show by explaining to the listeners um, your fabulous story and how you became sort of a family lawyer. I know that um, the Law Collaborative is expanding beyond that a bit, but it's a very, very interesting story about how, you know, you grew up you know, in California, and then you ended up going to film school, not really knowing that you were going to go to law school. But the most amazing part of the story, as I fast forward, is the fact that you were a boy who had divorced parents at a very, very young age. And then the miracle of miracle happened, and you never anticipated it. But was it 30 years later your parents got back together? Cindy, I was nine years old when my mother took me by my shoulders in my grandmother's kitchen in Seattle and said, Ronnie, we're not going back to Long Beach. I'm divorcing your father. You're going to have to be my little man. And uh, she had left uh, Long Beach with uh, my sister and two brothers, and uh, it wasn't unusual for us to take a trip to Seattle to visit our grandparents, but this uh, came as uh, the shock of my life. And uh, she found her uh, high school sweetheart who had gone through uh, his divorce, and uh, they married, and uh, we all got adopted and new identities because this was back in the 40s, and um, this sort of a situation, a divorce and remarriage was uh, unthinkable in, in our family. It never, it never happened in the history of my, my mother's family. So she was... Uh, very careful to camouflage and uh, subterfuge, and we uh, act like the, my father never existed. And uh, when I joined the Navy, I got stationed in a destroyer in San Diego, and I'm 19 years old, and I, I find my father living in Los Angeles working on the Harbor Freeway. He was building the forms for the uh, for pouring the cement. And uh, so he said, you know what? He said, uh, you have a California birth certificate. L.A. City College is free. UCLA is 40 bucks a semester. You like to stay here and go to school, you're, you're welcome to. So I did, and then when I turned 21, I changed my name back to my name of birth and uh, enjoyed a very comfortable relationship with my father, finished college and law school, and 
met my uh, partner for life and uh, got married, and uh, years went by, and uh, I'm 49 years old, and I get a call from my mother. Now, my stepfather had died two years uh, earlier. He had uh, retired, became an insurance industry statistic. He um, contracted cancer, and they uh, estimated he had six months. My mother became a hospice novitiate. She decided to uh, give her life to taking care of people who were dying and join a, a religious order. And uh, so she learned all about hospice care and took care of my stepfather until he passed. He lived about two more years. And then I'm talking to her just before she gets ready to take her uh, final vows of uh, chastity and poverty. And as she always did, she said, uh, so, Ron, how's your uh, a father? And I said, he's dying. And she said, what? I said, yeah, he had a heart attack. He had a stroke. I said, he'll be gone in six months. She said, should I give him a call? I said, well, you know what? He's uh, actually living in Seattle. He's with his sister. She said, you're kidding. Said, what happened to Helen? Well, she threw him out. So uh, six months later, I'm the best man, and my brother gives the bride away, and my parents were reunited after a 36-year hiatus. 36 years. I mentioned 30. 36 years. So for the listeners... Today, there's a lesson here, and that lesson is don't ever, don't, don't ever discount the impossible or don't ever discount the things that you can't imagine. I'm sure that there's many people who are listening to the show right now who are thinking about their parents who may be divorced or thinking about themselves who might be divorced, and you just never know how the world's going to turn, which might open an opportunity again. And Isn't that right? Well, the truth is uh, we... We look at our lives in strange ways. You know, you, you look back at your life and this happens and that happens and you wonder, why do all these things happen to me? What, what's that all about? But as you get uh, a little uh, on in years, uh, as I am, uh, I just turned 70 on my last birthday, I uh, begin to see all how this all fits together. There's, um, there's always a bigger meaning. And you know what? Those people that might sit down with a therapist from time to time or a strong coach, you know, they'll hear things like, well, all of these things happen for a reason, and in time you'll figure out why. And, I, you know, a lot of people might dismiss that as airy-fairy stuff, but I think as people experience things in life, you know, you know death, accidents, um, you know, illness, you know, financial um, complications that are probably worse now for people than it may have been in another period of time as a, you know, as a world, that the strangest things might happen. And then you say to yourself, oh, now I know why all those events took place. Well, that's the, that's the thing. I, when I went to law school, the last thing I wanted to be was a divorce lawyer. In fact, I... I would uh, rant and rave about uh, divorce and divorce lawyers, and uh, that was the last thing I was going to do. And I went to UCLA to learn how to make uh, motion pictures. And uh, With Jim Morrison from The Doors. I started my career at uh, Paramount Studios uh, doing uh, contract work. and uh, But it's, uh, it's strange how life takes you around this corner and down that road. And I got laid off, and a friend of mine offered me an office to work in, and opened up an office and started practicing law and divorces started coming in and by then I was married and had three kids and had to make a living and so uh, I took what came in and after 
10 years went by and they started to talk about certifying specialists in family law, I realized that I really needed to do that and uh, became a certified family law specialist and uh, I've been recertified five times. But I look back on it now, Cindy, and I really see that it was all for a very specific purpose to allow me to have the opportunity to do something really extraordinary, which is to work in a field that is fraught with uh, crisis and fear and and difficulty and really learn how to bring the element of peace into the process, offering uh, people an option and an alternative, a way to resolve conflict and go on with their lives in a reasonable and sensible way. Let me ask you a question. When you're sitting down for a consultation with a couple that looks like they are pretty sure that they want to split, um, do you tell them the story right away about your parents as part of your orientation? Well, there's a lot of different stories that I can tell. I'm sure. <laughs> it really it depends on the situation and the circumstance. What I, what I try to do initially is to find out where are they in this process and where there is ambivalence or uncertainty or questions on the part of either party, and that's frequently the case. Um, I work with the mental health professionals to assist and provide marital assessments. Cindy, what I've learned is that most divorces are unnecessary, that people get divorces because they don't know what else to do. They uh, don't realize uh, that there's a solution to the problem. I've discovered that the problem with being human is that you don't know what you don't know. And so uh, we offer our clients a marital assessment. They can go in. We now have instruments that are about 80% accurate in predicting the success of long-term relationship. So we can actually do a personality profile, look at 17 different points in the personality and find out where they're aligned and where they're not, where the similarities lie, where they have differences. This is, this is very powerful information. It turns out that... There's, uh, you know, many points of difference that you can work through and work around, but there are about six or seven core values. And if you're not aligned on those core values, you're probably uh, moving in the wrong direction. It's probably going to be an exercise in futility. What I've learned is that mental health is a little bit like physical health. There's some things you can change. You can change the tone, the your weight, you can change how strong or healthy you are, but there's some things you can't change. Uh, you know, the size of your bones and the color of your skin, there's some things that are just essential. Well, your personality is the same way. So a marital assessment will give people a real clear idea of what they can do, what they can't do, where they can go, and give them an option of working on the marriage if they choose to. And you, they could find out more about having a marital assessment through your website, Ron? The... Uh, <clears throat> A link is to the mental health professionals on my website. We work with affiliates in the law collaborative. We have uh, mental health professionals, financial specialists that we work with on a regular basis, and they can contact the mental health professionals. They can call our office for the assessment, uh, and we'll direct them to it, but it's actually done by mental health professionals. Okay, but again, if a person, if people, if a couple really feel that their marriage has a lot of problems and they're thinking about separating and divorce, um, pretty much the the practical first stop might be the law collaborative. Oh, absolutely, because we have the resources. Uh, it's still in the culture today 
lawyers are essentially the gatekeepers of divorce. People go to lawyers when they're thinking about divorce because it's a legal process, and that's uh, perfectly appropriate. Okay, so then it would be www.thelawcollaborative.com if you wanted to. If, unfortunately, you feel that you need to talk to a lawyer, but I think that Ron Sapontzik and his people would advise that maybe there's other resources to turn to before considering the actual divorce. We actually tell them that the two uh, most important decisions are, first of all, should they get a divorce or should they work on the relationship, the communication skills, the co-parenting strategies, uh, the closure issues on the emotional agendas, or should they, uh, if they should decide that they're going to terminate the marriage, then what process are they going to choose? Most people are in the dark. They have no idea uh, that there are now multiple options. Uh, There's five, six, seven, or eight different ways of getting divorced. I was uh, on a committee for the American Association, American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers. I was the chair of their ADR committee, and we did a national survey of how many different ways people do divorce in the 50 states. I came up with 42 different processes. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, most people don't realize that state to state there's a lot of things that might be different. Well, listen, we're going to have to pause for a commercial break, and um, and then in the next couple of segments, Ron, I want to talk more about the Law Collaborative and some of the other services that the Law Collaborative offers, and, um, you know, because I think that you have some interesting things going on there. And we look forward to talking to you more in the next segment, if everybody would just please stand by. Thanks. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn Saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Owen Hodge Show. Are you ready for some football? Well, here it comes. The Owen Hodge Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie. 
This show will focus on the NFL, but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective. That'll give you insight, make you think, and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championship rings, so obviously they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge Show at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Owen Hodge Show. Is there truly a lesson in every situation? Can you learn from another person's experiences or are lessons learned when they only happen to you? Dave Felzer, number one national and number one international best-selling author, challenges listeners to stand tall, to be accountable no matter what the setbacks, and to recommit to enhancing their lives as well as assisting others around them. Listen to The Dave Felzer Show every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Radio Network. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com A bicon! Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. Morning, everybody. We're having an interesting discussion about mediation and um, what people should do if they're thinking that divorce might be the answer to their problems. I have Ron Saponsik who might tell you that Divorce isn't always the answer to problems and talking about the way that these problems are assessed. So, Ron, tell us a little bit more about how, you know, before you were pretty much doing family law and now you recently made the change to creating the Law Collaborative. So why don't you explain what the Law Collaborative is? Well, it's a unique approach to uh, dispute resolution using all the new principles that have been developed by the Harvard Program on Negotiation. turns out there were two mediators in Minnesota, Stu Webb and uh, Steve Erickson, who were uh, family law attorneys, mediators doing uh, mediation exclusively. But a mediator, Cindy, has to uh, admonish the parties at the end of the process that they've uh, functioned in a neutral capacity. They have not given independent legal advice and they must admonish the parties to go out and seek independent legal advice. The problem that they were having is that these people would go out to talk to uh, litigators to find out uh, what the uh, opinion was of the deal that they made, and the litigators, having no interest in the settlement or the uh, resolution of the problem, would blow the deal apart. It's a little bit like going to a surgeon with a stomachache. If you go to a surgeon with a stomachache, chances are you're going to wind up lying on your back looking up at a bright light. Uh, surgeons do surgery. Litigators do litigation. And uh, Erickson had been in uh, the U.K. and learned about their process of bifurcating uh, the roles of attorneys. In, in London, you have solicitors that only uh, solicit clients but can't go to court, and you have barristers who can only go to court but can't solicit clients the solicitors bring the clients to the barristers. So they had this bifurcated system, and he was complaining to Stu Webb, too bad we don't have something like that here. Everybody rush off to court, and they don't realize that there's other options. And Stu came up with the collaborative process, which was a bifurcated, unbundled legal service where the parties retain the right to go to court. They exclusively keep that right. They do not give it to the attorneys. The attorneys sign stipulated disqualifications, 
They are not allowed to go to court at any time for any reason. They must deliver a better resolution to the parties than the courts can, or they lose the client and they lose the case. Everything is done under the evidence code confidentiality. Uh, Everything is protected, and it's uh, just as though they were having a settlement conference, so they can't use the information in court because the courts want them to try to settle their cases and give them this kind of immunity. So collaborative law, I call it mediation on steroids. It's really an advanced form of conjoint mediation in which the attorneys are using all of the uh, Harvard Program of Negotiation principles, principled negotiation, interest-based bargaining, getting to yes, getting past no, managing the difficult conversation, using all those new skills that have been developed. So this is a, a whole new kind of approach that uh, a lot of people haven't heard of, even lawyers today. Cindy, I talk to lawyers who I tell them about this and they marvel. They say, my goodness, what a wonderful idea. I've never heard of it. And and uh, so it's still, even though it's been around now for about, well, it started in 1990. It's now being practiced in uh, 40 states, all the provinces in Canada, 20 countries outside of North America. So it's it's spread uh, quite uh, quite a bit, but still relatively unknown. No, well, you don't hear it being spoken about in the vernacular very often. No, this is uh, still cutting edge stuff. People don't even know about the about the six options, and I I kind of uh, narrow it down to six essential options for uh, using the process. And the first three are the ones that are reasonable, sensible affordable and child-focused. The first one, of course, is the kitchen table. Uh, a lot of people uh, sit down with a pen and a pad, and they, here's what we're going to do about the kids, and here's how we're going to pay the bills, and here's how we're going to divide the property, and they, they work it all out. All they need to do is find a licensed document assistant. California now provides LDAs, as we the people in these uh, storefront operations on the online services. That's what they are. They're not lawyers. They're not paralegals. They don't give advice. They don't give legal information. They just fill out the forms. But not everyone's able to do that, and that's why mediation has become so popular. I first learned about it in the 70s when it showed up in Southern California. Um, Turns out it was the uh, option of choice in in many uh, Asian countries, but uh, we really hadn't heard of it. We grew up in the uh, English common law, which is very combat-oriented. But the... um, uh, mediation is simply facilitated negotiation. You have a, uh, a neutral party who is answering questions, assisting the parties, suggesting ideas, coming up with uh, alternative solutions, and then writes it up and, and uh, sends it through the court. Collaboration is the more um, uh, client-centered, family-focused, uh, child-oriented process where you have lawyers, but you also bring in coaches. You can have a parent coordinator. We now have a CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst, a person who does the projections, does the calculations, and uh, we create a team, much like estate planning. In estate planning, uh, we surround the family with a team of experts who are able to solve all the problems. That's how we do it now in collaborative law. So the first three, the uh, kitchen table, mediation, collaboration, are all uh, extrajudicial. They're outside of court. They're very cost-effective, very affordable. They keep the fees to a, a, a scant a fraction of what it would be otherwise. But most people don't get those options. They don't get those alternatives. When you walk into a lawyer's office, you get usually what the lawyer offers you. 
and most of them give them what I call number four, which is the um, default position, and that's uh, negotiation in the shadow of litigation. Traditional lawyers file traditional papers, serve subpoenas, take depositions. They knock the case around for two or three years until all the money's gone. Then they wind up settling the case anyway. And Cindy, you'll be astonished to learn that uh, less than 2% of all cases actually go to court. It's 1.8% of all cases actually go to trial. Uh, 98.2% of all cases actually settle. But the problem is that they settle at the far end after the people have blown all the money and the equity's gone in the house and the 401 case disappeared. Um, so that's, that's number four. Number five is a unique uh, aberration. We had arbitration in the 80s, but lawyers found out that they could just hire retired lawyers, uh, retired judges, and bring them in. The retired judges now live 20 years after they retire. Mm-hmm. And so we have rent-a-judge. And uh, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise do not go to court. They hire a retired bench officer. They have him appointed as a judge pro tem by the supervising judge, and they have their divorce at the Four Seasons, catered. And then, of course, number six is litigation. That's where you go to court on every occasion over every issue, and you're going to spend 50000 a 100000 half a million. It's just most people can't even afford number six. That's why they languish in number four. So those are the six essential options that I explain to clients when they first come in, and then I let them decide what they can afford. I let them decide uh, what, which direction they want to go. We unbundle services at the Law Collaborative congruent with the rules of the uh, state bar, which uh, encourages lawyers to unbundle. fact is uh, I'm giving a, a, a seminar, a workshop, at the annual convention of the state bar in San Diego on September 10th. I'll be presenting um, low-cost divorce, affordable divorce, unbundled legal services, how to build a practice in a declining economy teaching other lawyers how to do this because uh, it's still relatively unknown. Well, it, it sounds like it's uh, it, it's a part of the law field that people are learning about, lawyers are learning about, and lawyers are getting involved in because it's, in a, it's a recession buster. Well, the exciting news, uh, Cindy, is that uh, there's an increasing number of lawyers who are saying, you know what, uh, this this old way of doing the divorce, the combat-oriented uh, based divorce, is just not working for families. It's destroying uh, uh, the economic situation for families. It's harming children. Um, I even run into lawyers who don't know where the word attorney comes from. Uh, they're surprised to learn that it comes from the word the tournament. Uh, 400 years ago, they had a tournament in, uh, in England. It was outlawed by Henry VIII, by the way. But the, uh, they put a couple of young guys on a couple of horses running down these ramps carrying spears, and the object was to impale uh, the other uh, person on the end of the spear. But, of course, the men that were wagering on the outcome of these uh, contests weren't uh, young enough or fit enough to ride the horses or carry the spears, so they had to look around for young guys with nothing to lose and everything to gain, and they called those guys the boys at the tourney. The at the attorneys, the attorneys. That's fascinating. The boys at the attorney. So they became attorneys. They were the uh, hired killers. And uh, <laughs> our license actually says counselor and attorney at law. When you receive your license to practice law, it says counselor and attorney at law. And I think too many lawyers have forgotten about their role as counselors and have become really uh, caught up in the idea of being attorneys. 
<laughs> well, for those lawyers that know what an attorney really is and what its word derivation is, <laughs> it's, um, that's very interesting. I never knew that. Well, we're coming to the end of our second segment, Ron, and uh, in the next couple of segments, I hope that you'll share with everybody some of the other areas of expertise that the Law Collaborative has. Because from what I understand from you, it's not only it's not only family law, right? Am I correct? You're absolutely right. We are offering our services to uh, people who, who need help in resolving conflict and avoiding court. And it could be in business as well. I would I would assume. So listen, let's just take. A quick commercial break, then we'll be back with Ron Saponsik from the Law Collaborative. Stand by, stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Ron Saponsik, and he's talking about the Law Collaborative. And the Law Collaborative, again, Ron, it's fairly new for you and your practice. Am I correct? Yes, this is uh, sort of the culmination of a, of a life dream. I, I read a book uh, some years uh, ago, The Art of Waking People Up by uh, Ken Cloak, which I highly recommend uh, to your listeners. Anybody that has uh, two or three or more employees uh, and wants to really uh, understand how to uh, motivate people, he talks about creating democratic, consensus-based, 
uh, values-driven uh, businesses. And so what we've done at the uh, Law Collaborative is we've created that kind of a consensus-based democratic organization. They're into calling them heterarchical uh, organizations as opposed to hierarchical organizations. We uh, have a values that we post on our website. Uh, people can take a look and see what we stand for, who we are, what we stand behind, um, and uh, we live by those values. And uh, the people that come to the uh, work in the office uh, subscribe to those values, and we uh, represent clients who uh, want to be uh, treated in a particular kind of way and with a particular set of values. So we're uh, very upfront about who we are and what we stand for, and that's how we practice law. Uh, we continue to offer litigation, but it's a very small part of our practice. We emphasize CDR, consensual dispute resolution. So we offer all of the various options of uh, negotiation, uh, mediation, uh, arbitration, uh, collaboration, case management. We even have code sections uh, that now favor these kind of approaches to the law that most lawyers are unfamiliar with and uh, rarely use, but we we uh, are big advocates for it, and uh, we carry the uh, message uh, where we go and uh, to whoever we meet because I think it's important that people understand that they really have the ability to control their destinies. We say uh, to our clients, you know, it's, uh, it's your money, it's your family, they're your children, it should be your choice. Well, I think that's true. But how about in business? Do you handle any kind of collaborative um, counsel for business disputes? Exactly uh, the point, and I'm glad you asked that, uh, Cindy. The collaborative law is like, uh, you know, the invention of the power uh, saw. Once you discover the power saw, you don't. It, it's not just for cutting down trees. You, there's lots of things you can cut with a power saw, and that's collaborative. Think of collaborative law as a, a power saw as opposed to the old-fashioned hand saw. Uh, once you master the, the practice and the technique, and develop the uh, affiliates uh, in mental health and financial awareness to work with parties, we can solve business disputes, we can solve probate disputes, landlord-tenant disputes, employment disputes. It's really especially uh, effective in all those areas where there's high emotions, where relationships are important, where people really want to end the relationship on a positive note. They want to end the dispute so that they can preserve the relationship. So it's, it's particularly effective in, in all of those areas where relationships count, such as in employment relationships and family relationships that come up in probate, uh, business relationships where people are trying to continue to do business together. So the, the application of the process is really uh, blind to the areas of law. And because it's collaborative, usually we just need one person who really knows the law. It's collaborative. It's not competitive. The idea is win-win solutions, looking at uh, options and alternatives. The people don't understand the basic distinction. The confusion that comes up is that people don't understand the difference between collaborative bargaining and distributive bargaining. And the story that I tell them to illustrate this is the story of the father who comes home and finds the two children fighting over the orange. The father walks into the kitchen. He sees them fighting. He grabs the orange out of their hands. He puts it on the chopping block. He cuts it in half. He, here's half to son and here's half to daughter. And they both burst into tears. And he turns to his son and he says, why are you crying, Johnny? And Johnny says, well, I wanted the whole orange. He says, well, you can't have the whole orange. There's only one orange. You have to share it with your sister. Stop crying. 
Then he turns to Susie and he says, Susie, why are you crying? Daddy, I didn't want the orange at all. What? I only wanted the peeling. The peeling for an icing recipe for a cake I just baked, but I have to have all the peeling. You just want the outside of the orange? Yes. Can Johnny have the inside of the orange? Of course. Johnny, will you give her the outside for the inside? Yes. So what, what did the father fail to do in the first instance? He failed to look at the interests of the children. That's what happens when you go to court. When you go to court, you get distributive bargaining. The judge is just trying to cut it down the middle. But collaborative bargaining allows you to look at the interests of the parties, allows you to be creative, innovative, go out and pick some more oranges. There's many things that you can do collaboratively that you can't do in when you're stuck in distributive bargaining. So this is a huge distinction that most people are unaware of. I wrote an article that appeared in the Daily Journal a while back. It's on my website called The Myth of Divorce. And the myth of divorce, and it's the myth of of any area of dispute resolution is that you're going to get the better deal by going to court. The opposite is true. You're going to get the best deal using competent, skillful experts who can help you redesign, reorganize, and plan a solution that meets the interests of the parties. Well, again, it sounds like it's a win-win for everybody. If you, you know, why go to the harshest steps, um, you know, when things can be resolved amicably or at least civilly, Right. Well, a good example of that is Constance Aaron's research. There's a clinical psychologist, uh, very famous in the field of uh, uh, marital relations, uh, Constance Aaron. She's written a, a current book on the research that she's done with children of divorce. She actually interviewed college students who had been through ugly contested divorces as children to find out what their interests were. And guess what? They didn't care who had custody. They didn't care if mom had custody. They didn't care if dad had custody. What they cared about, uh, there were three things that came out of that research. One, children want proximity. They want the parents to live close together so that the pain of transition can be minimized. So they want proximity. The second thing they want is civility. They want to be able to see their parents treat each other in a civil, rational, adult way. And the third thing they want is the freedom to be able to express affection for either parent in the presence of the other. So we now know that uh, interests are really important and they're not being addressed in the judicial process in courts. Courts could care less. They're interested in the law, the statute, the case. Um, And so people don't really get uh, justice when they go to court. Just ice. (laughs) They get just ice instead of justice? Just ice. (laughs) I had a lady tell me when I walked out of court in Van Nuys uh, many years ago, she said, you know, Mr. Sapanchek, I thought when you went to court, you got justice. You just get what the judge gives you. Yeah, no, well, I, I, you know, I think just ice, you come up with some good terms and history of, um, of words here that make a lot of sense. And, you know, it's interesting. Attorney, which again, attorney, attorney right? Yes, boys at the attorney. The boys at the. Why don't you repeat for my listeners what that meant again in the Henry VIII times? Yeah, the uh, the boys that rode the horses and carried the spears and tried to kill the other fella were called the boys at the tourney, and that's where the word attorney comes from. The hired killers of the medieval ages. Well, I guess that's why sometimes lawyers are called sharks today. Well, the problem is that we're, our whole process of dispute resolution, Cindy, is based on a competitive combat model. 
if you go back and, and research the history of English law, it came from uh, uh, trial by pressing. They would press you with rocks, and if you survived the uh, crushing rocks, you were innocent. Or trial by sword. They put swords in a couple of guys' hands, and they'd swing at each other, and the one that was left standing was obviously the one that God favored. They also had trial by boiling in oil. They dropped you in a vat of boiling oil, and if you came out whole, then you were innocent. And then they eventually came up with a trial by peers where they would gather 12 guys who uh, watched and saw what happened and they pulled them together and you know then, then they had the solution. But it was all competitive. It's all combat-based. It's not solution-oriented or problem-solving uh, focused. They would actually put people in a vat of oil. Am I hearing you correctly? Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was trial by boiling in oil in old England and a common law of England comes out of those kinds of models. Um, yeah, I thought that sometimes it was fictionalized when you watch those, you know, British movies, but no, huh? No, no, that's the reality. <laughs> well, I guess... law, you know, uh, I always uh, tell women uh, about the rule of thumb. Uh, you've heard the expression rule of thumb. You grew up with it from probably childhood. That came from the uh, old English rule that you could beat your wife with a rod as long as it wasn't w- w- larger than the width of your thumb. Oh, well, that's lovely, very lovely. Well, I'm sure that you have a lot of these interesting notes of history that might be alarming to people. And I just um, got word from my my news director that we will have to end this show in the next three minutes, and I'm really sorry about that. So I want to ask you if there's anything else you would like to add in closing about the about the law collaborative because you shared a lot of interesting information today. Well, I'd, I'd invite your listeners to visit the law collaborative, but I'd like to leave them with these words by Chief Justice Warren Burger addressing the American Bar Association in 1984. He said, "The entire legal profession, lawyers, judges, and law professors, has become so mesmerized with the stimulation of courtroom contests that we tend to forget." that we ought to be healers of conflict. For many claims, trial by adversarial contest must in time go the way of the ancient trial by battle and blood. Our system has become too costly, too painful, too destructive, too inefficient for a truly civilized people. Oh, no, and I, well, I think that's why it's great that, you know, the Law Collaborative presents alternatives. I think that it's fantastic, Ron, that, you know, you have decided to take this road and try to make law into something that's a little bit more amicable, pleasant, and friendly. I would imagine that those are your basic goals. Absolutely. Our goal is to help families reorganize in a way that preserves the dignity, the respect, and the uh, resources so that they can use those to raise their children in a happy, healthy, and uh, whole relationship. And you could learn more about the Law Collaborative by going into www.thelawcollaborative.com. And Ron Saponsek is our guest today. And, um, you know, I hope that many people who might be curious about this will check into the website and learn more about peaceful approach to, con- to conflict resolution and, you know, just in closing, Ron, it seems a lot of, there's a movement in this direction, isn't there? Absolutely. I believe that we're close to uh, the tipping point. I think it's uh, only a matter of a, of a short time before people are going to stop 
allowing the lawyers to run the case, and they're going to be telling their lawyers, look, I want that new process, that one that allows us to stay out of court and explore options and alternatives. I, I like that, too. Less jury duty responsibility. And with that said... Thank you so much for joining the show. More information on www.thelawcollaborative.com. Thank you so much, Ron, for spending um, at least three quarters of the show with us. Sometimes news tears us away, but you, we had a great time with you, and this will be archived as soon as this afternoon, so you could look for it on www.brpublicrelations.com and um, download it for your own purposes, okay? Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.